Gauri Vaishnav Guru Paramparagi Jai, Gaur Bhaktabrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Premanande Haribo. Welcome everyone. Good evening. Welcome. How was your journey? Good to have you here. So we're continuing our discussion of the Ramananda Sambad, which is Sambad means conversation. This is a conversation between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Ramananda, Roy Ramananda, who was a government officer in the um, kingdom of Rajpratapurudra that um, centered in Jagannath Puri, the big big temple, biggest temple in Southeast Asia, I believe, in terms of the entirety of the complex. Um, Fifty-four, fifty-six kitchens there, plus fifty-six offerings a day. It's a huge um, Seva Puja, huge center of, uh, of worship. Of course, the whole town was built around that, and and so forth, and um, the king at the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Pratapurudra Maharaj, had a very well-fortified uh, Hindu kingdom, and the Muslims couldn't enter there, and, and so forth, so the deity worship was well-protected, and uh, very much a Vaishnava center. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, of course, came to Jagannath Puri, and he brought a new brand of Vaishnavism, in a sense, his Prem Bhakti, his bhakti for love's sake alone, and uh, and um, he was only 24 years old, and the whole town became um, um, under came under his influence. The, the king's guru, and the king, and all the people, and amongst uh, them, the king's guru Sarvabhauma Bhattacharya was a very influential person, and. Upon Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's departure for South India, where he went to outreach to the, to the general public, um, Sarvabhauma asked him, please, when you go there, visit with um, this person, Ramananda. I never understood him before. thought he was a bit strange, but since I've come under influ- your influence, I can understand he's a very extraordinary devotee, and you and he have very much in common. And so while... As I've mentioned, ostensibly, Chaitanya Dev went to the south as a renunciate sannyasi to um, canvas and live the life of a sannyasi, traveling, never staying in one place for too long, and and so forth, and being an emblem of the sannyas dharma, and so forth. Um, and certainly he did that to some extent. The real uh, reason, and the, the main reason, the internal reason, the main reason that he went to South India was to meet with Ramananda who was a very uh, extraordinary devotee and who in the Krishna Leela, where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was Krishna in his previous, in his village, Raj Leela, now he's appearing as Gore Krishna, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Ramananda was also a member of that Leela as a gopi, Vishaka. Hmm? He's also identified um, by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with Arjuna. He had five uh, brothers, and um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu once said, "Your father is Maharaj Pandu, and you're you're all 
you are June, and this one is being my newest dear, and so on and so forth. And um, um, these type of identifications that you will find of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's associates with associates of Krishna in Krishna Leela, they um, are sometimes um, curious in that they identify, as in this case, a particular devotee with more than one person in Krishna Leela. And um, in this case, Krishna, uh, Arjuna is, is, is a devotee in the Leela outside of the Braj. And of course, Vishak is a gopi in, within the Braj and very close uh, friend of Radha, born on the same day as Radha, same practically the same astrological chart, so she knew Radha's uh, mood very well. Hmm? Uh, same mood. Lalita's mood is a little different. Lalita Saki, that is, in Gorlila, that is Surabdhamadar. These two, Rai Ramana and Surabdhamadar, they tendered the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at the end of his Leela to help him enter into the Radha Bhava. But here it is... It is Ramananda, or Vishak Gopi, who is instructing him. Mahabhu was meeting him in South India at Godavari. He approached the sacred river Godavari, and he went into a trance. He thought it was the river Jamuna of Vrindavan. The whole place turned into the Vrindavan Leela for him, and here comes Vishaka on a palanquin in the form of a government minister with people playing trumpets as he's coming to take his bath in the morning. And Chaitanya Mahabhu was there as a sannyasi, with one cloth and living simply and taking his bath in the river. And they meet, and although there are different ends of the spectrum in terms of the class system, social system of the time, they had a a um, much in common and transcended visibly to everyone or crossed over the social etiquette, and they embraced one another and and tears poured from their eyes and Krishna Nam came from their mouth and all the people watching started chanting Krishna, Krishna, Krishna and they shivered and trembled and tears fell from their eyes so it's a very extraordinary meeting between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Krishna and Ramananda Vishaka but as I mentioned he's also identified with Arjuna and just to go off on that for a moment these type of identifications are a curious thing as I say and uh, they can be taken in different ways um, if for a moment or for some time we see a, something in someone of bhava uh, in, in, in an extraordinary devotee that is similar to that of an eternal associate of Krishna as in this case amongst Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's associates then this might be positive and he's like Arjuna and, uh, and then at another time showing another um, Baba that corresponds to some extent with another associate, we would make that same type of um, identification. <clears throat> and what I'm saying in this instance is it's not necessarily the case that each, the, the, few, the few devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who are identified in, as more than one associate in Krishna Leela are necessarily all of those associates. <clears throat> they may be one associate, and then sometimes some other Bob is coming in and it reminds us of that devotee and so forth. Or it is also possible 
amongst these types of devotees who we mentioned in our discussion of the Panchatattva, hmm, who are constituted of Krishna's internal energy, the Swarup Shakti, hmm, for them to appear in different leelas at different times. And generally they, they will, but they appear, appear in different leelas, and the different appearance in the different leela has some correspondence with the other leela. If they appear in Ram leela in a particular way, hmm, they have a similar type of appearance in Krishna leela. In the case of Ramananda, we've got like multiple appearances within Krishna Leela hmm. and within two different Leelas of Krishna. For example, the, the Bhagavad Gita Leela, where Arjuna speaks, the Bhagavad, uh, listens to the Bhagavad Gita. The Braja Leela, the village Leela, where um, he, he's appearing as Vishaka Gopi. And even in the Braja Leela, he's also identified with Arjuna. Uh, Arjuniya and another type, another Arjun who's a Priyanarmasaka and so forth. He's a very complicated person in, uh, in Chaitanya Lila. And it's, um, uh, we, we may look at it in, in one of these two um, ways. Or we may also look at it in the third way that some devotees saw him in this way, some saw him in this way. Kavi Karnapur gathered information hmm, from different devotees and their writings and what they said and so forth, and what was said about them, and then he compiled his book, Gauganadeshtipika, identifying the principal associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in terms of who they were in, in Krishna Leela. Hmm? And there are some differing opinions, so he accommodates them. Hmm? He doesn't necessarily say, this devotee thought like this, and this devotee felt like this, but he states at the beginning of his book that he got this information in different places, gathered it, and then... So, where he got contradictory statements, uh, sometimes, um, or apparent, or let's say not contradictory, but multiple uh, identifications, he included them. Hmm? That said, we um, the sampradaya and the lineage more or less settles on the the idea that Ramananda is Vishaka Gopi, and they can at the same time deny, principally, let us say, that. He's also has some connection with Arjun because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself said it. I accept him as Arjun. So we might look at it, the Arjun identification for a moment, as I have in my commentary on the Gita. When I come to the end, there, I make the point that we have drawn from the Gita um, a very Gaudiya kind of perspective. Hmm? Um, following our previous acharyas who have commented on the Gita. Similarly, and um, ultimately, we find in such commentaries the idea that Krishna, although he's speaking the Bhagavad Gita and Upanishadic wisdom to Arjuna and so forth, ultimately his speech is taking us to the Vrindavan Leela, hmm? to the Braj Leela, to Rag Bhakti and so forth. And we have good reason to, to look at it like that and it's been commented on along those lines, um, as I say, by different charges um, in our lineage. And in my particular edition, I sought to give some support to that, why they, how they could see like that. Hmm? In my particular uh, way, the principal way of going about that was to, was to look historically at the Leela of Krishna and the fact that uh, and, and locate, I should say, the speaking of the Bhagavad Gita in the context of the entirety of Krishna's Leela. Here he's appearing on the battlefield of Kurukshetra, 
And was he ever there before? And what is he doing there at that time? Normally, usually you just take, here's Krishna's book, the Bhagavad Gita, and you won't look at it and think about it in the context of the entirety of Krishna Leela. Why is it at Kurukshetra? What is he doing there? What is happening in his Leela at that time? And as I bring up the question, has he ever been there before? Indeed, we find up in the Bhagavad he has been. And what happened then? Hmm? Hmm? There he went from from Dwarka, and the inhabitants of Vrindavan also went. He went ostensibly to um, honor the solar eclipse and uh, perform sacrifices, I should say, in connection with the solar eclipse. And uh, and but the inner core of that meeting is that he meets again with the inhabitants of Vrindavan, who he'd been away from for so long, and he confesses his love to Radha and the gopis, and it's very very touching. And um, so, having touched down, if you will, again under Kurukshetra, it's reasonable to argue that it had an effect on him. As he began to speak about Dharma to Arjun, hmm, the Prema Dharma that he exhibited and spoke about there to the gopis and inhabitants of Vrindavan previously has to come to, to mind hmm, to some extent. And so it will seep out into his discussion with Arjuna, and here Arjuna is Ramananda Roy, and while in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is speaking and are answering, and Arjuna is questioning. Arjuna asks questions, and Krishna answers. In Ramananda Sambhad, in Gorlila, Ramananda is asking the question, or Krishna is asking the questions in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and Ramananda is giving the answers. Hmm? So, as I've commented, um, it is as if, hmm, having instructed Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, or excuse me, Krishna having instructed Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita, in the encore Leela, if you will, it is Gaur Leela, hmm? This Ramananda Sambhad is the Bhagavad Gita spoken again. Hmm? But in this case, Krishna's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is asking the questions and his devotee, Ramananda, is giving the answers as if Krishna is testing to see how well he understood the Bhagavad Gita in the previous Leela. Did he get the fact that it's really speaking about love of Radha? Hmm? Did, he, did he understand that? Hmm? That was something Krishna couldn't verbalize too, too openly hmm? at Kurukshetra. Hmm? And of course, we find Ramananda, Arjuna as Ramananda, understood it quite well. Hmm? And he's giving answers and going in a, in a gradual way, as the Bhagavad Gita does, hmm? through different religious ideas and sorting them out. Hmm? all in the context really of speaking ultimately about uh, the bhakti that uh, Radha's love for Krishna uh, is, is, is constituted of, directly about it, indirectly about it. So we've, we've, we've begun the discussion and, and Mahaprabhu is asking, tell me about the goal of life, how to attain it. And Ramananda has given the first answer and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, that's external. Go on, say something more. So, and you find this this idea that he's rejected as external. That's also in the Gita. Hmm? 
So when he speaks about it in the Gita, it's for the, case, the sake of speaking about what Uttam Bhakti is not, so that we can have a contrast. So sometimes he'll say, just love me, mm-hmm. do Uttam Bhakti. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he'll speak about other types of devotion or religious um, um, involvement and so forth to make a contrast. So he'll speak about what is the ideal and what is not the ideal. Mm-hmm. It's not that he's advocating a whole bunch of ideals. He is, in another sense, for different people with different levels of eligibility and so on and so forth. But the main thrust of the Gita is to give us eligibility for the highest um, ideal. Mm. So here it is again uh, being spoken. This is one way to think of the um, Ramananda Samvad. Just as the Gita mm, is the essence of the Mahabharata, and if you took the, Maha, the Bhagavad Gita out of the Mahabharata, you could throw the Mahabharata away. Hmm? That's how important the Gita is. Hmm? The Gita makes the Mahabharata worth reading. Similarly, as sometimes said, if you would take the, Chaitan, the Ramananda Sambhad out of Chaitanya Charitamrita, hmm? everything would be lost. Hmm? There's a lot of good things in Chaitanya Charitamrita, but this is to emphasize how central this discussion is. And it just takes us through the whole, uh, the entirety, we will, of religious and spiritual possibilities, in a sense, in a very brief way, although it's over 300 verses here, if we include the um, Bengali and so forth, it's quite um, lengthy. Um, not as long as the 700 Sanskrit verses of the Bhagavad Gita. So it's really in a condensed form. And so, as Chaitanya Charitamrita is the distilled essence of the Bhagavatam, we can say it's the distilled essence of the Gita uh, as well. Uh, it's, it's, our, um, uh, it's our main scripture, really, Chaitanya Charitamrita. So we should be familiar with this uh, Ramananda Samvad and... Um, and as I say, we can look at it in this way. It's Arjuna is being tested. What did you understand? And so um, Mahaprabhu is asking the questions and Arjuna is giving the answers. Of course, Ramananda will say, I'm giving the answers, but actually I'm just an instrument and you are playing the, st- playing the strings and and so on and so forth. Hmm? And on the higher side, as I say, we, we, we look at Ramananda appropriately so as the most um, qualified person to teach Chaitanya Mahaprabhu about the bhava of Radha, which he's trying to experience. Krishna trying to trying to change positions and experience what's inside Radha's head and heart from her perspective. That's a hard thing to do. Hmm? And it's said to be a you know a private space in everybody that no one can enter private, subjective space that is what you are, your existence, which you can't prove to anybody because it's totally subjective, but, uh, but it's there. Uh, so how to get in, how to get in there? Hmm? It's said that yogis can sometimes go inside your mind and understand you, but, but that's also just like the face is the index of the mind, and from physiognomy we can understand something about someone who what they're thinking, but to go in and experience just as they're experiencing. That is the difficult thing to do. Hmm? 
This is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is trying to do, of course, and he's going to get help here from from Ramananda, from Vishaka, from the gopi, friend of Radha, who's born on the same day as her. Vishaka hmm? and Radha, they mean the same thing, really. They speak of this. Radha is another name for the Vishaka constellation under which they were both born. Hmm? So she's very qualified, Ramananda. He is very qualified to uh, be a uh, the teacher of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and all these things. Hmm? And arguably, this is something that although Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Krishna knows everything, something he doesn't know about. That's what his whole Leela is about, to find out about that. He will be successful, of course. If Krishna wants something, it will happen. But this is how it's happening, by the grace of Radha. Hmm? Actually, hmm? who, as we know, is Gadadhar and Gorlila, but he steps back and lets Vishaka and, and Sarup Dhamadhar uh, teach at different times, and he also oversees, monitors that, hmm? that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu may be successful. So, here's where we are in the discussion. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has, or Ramananda has said, well, as far as the Mahaprabhu, of course, has said, please speak about the goal of life and how to attain it, and been doing so. With every whatever you say, please give it support from the sacred texts. Hmm? So there was a, as I said the other night, a, a standard of knowledge, the sacred literature. Hmm? And if you want to make a point, you'd say, and it says this in the Gita or the Bhagavad, and therefore I speak with authority here. Hmm? And so that was the. At the time, the generally accepted um, laws, if you will, hmm? law books, as Prabhupada would give an example. Again, the law books are something that that are not static; either they're ongoing. New laws are created with, based on the previous laws, and without overturning, ignoring the previous laws, and keeping them intact, extrapolating upon the implications of them in nuanced. Circumstances in this way, the sacred revelation is ongoing, hmm? and who can be involved in that um, unfolding, like a lotus, like putting sun on the lotus that it'll just open and open and open and see more and more inside. This is the sadhu, hmm? and that is confirmed by the tiki lizard. There's <laughs> another way of confirming things whenever it's convenient. So <laughs> he sings Sadhu Sadhu. Yes, that's right. Yes, yes. So Ramananda cites a verse from Vishnu Purana, hmm? as we heard, and the verse says, "By doing Varnashram, then you you please Vishnu. You'll do some bhakti of Vishnu. So this is this is the way of life." And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says that is external. Hmm? Say something more. And it is external, as we mentioned, I'm going to go over it a little bit more because it's it's an important uh, point. It's ironic because we don't live in a Varnashram society. Varnashram is a social religious system described in the sacred text of India that identifies people in terms of their psychophysiological makeup and seeks to um, engage them in acts that will correspond with their psychophysiological makeup that they will feel um, at, uh, in, in balance 
materially, and the whole thing is compared to the social body is based in a very basic sense, divided into four, that the Brahman, the Chhatri, the Vaishya, the Sudra, the head, the arms, the belly, the leg, and the body can't function without any of them, so they're all uh, equally important. Hmm? Um, but they're not all the same, but they're all um, aimed at the same purpose. Hmm? Ultimately, the Varnashram is aimed at pleasing Vishnu, as it manifested so theoretically from his body. Sometimes we say that the world is the body of God. Hmm? This is an interesting concept, is one of his shaktis. This is a, mentioned in the Gita. It's also the main point in the Ramanuja lineage. But um, um, from his head came the Brahmins, from his arms came the administrators, uh, Maurya from his stomach came the the agricultural uh, people, farming people, and from his legs came the laborers, uh, and so forth. So uh, the idea of the Varnashram is to pump blood to the heart of the body of Vishnu, do, do all the activities, perform the activities ordained um, for your particular psychophysiological makeup, and... Um, by doing them, Vishnu will be pleased, just like uh, the president will be pleased if you're a good citizen. That doesn't mean you'll ever meet him or, or know him by anything other than Mr. President. Yes, Mr. President. Um, but, um, but in a general sense, he'll be pleased. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, this is external. Speak about something more. Hmm? Um, it's external because it only deals with life under the influence of the gunas. It only deals with the psychophysiological makeup of human beings, hmm? which is what we call ahankar, a false identity that's here today and gone tomorrow. Hmm? Um, while Vishnu may be pleased with it in a very general way, as I say, very, very broad uh, and um, minimal sense, doesn't mean it doesn't have value. Hmm? Most people are only that at, at, at best interested in God. In a very gen- I don't want to get too close. And if you'll help me out with the things I want to do, I'll really appreciate them a lot. Hmm? I mean, I'll praise him like anything if he can, if I can get the things that, that I would like out of life. Hmm? This is keep him at arm's length and and you know throw flowers at him and so forth. So some people say, as it seems to say in this verse from um, Vishnu Purana, that well, if you do Varnashram, you do Vishnu Bhakti. Why? Because in order to get the fruits of one's karmic pursuits within the system of the Varnashram, well, Vishnu has to be pleased, which means you have to do them right. Hmm? And then he's pleased. Hmm? And so knowing that, people will will want to please Vishnu. So how can you say there's no bhakti in Varnashram when people in Varnashram do develop a liking for Vishnu? We say, because. Hmm? The reason that they like Vishnu in the Varnashram is because 
He gives them what they want. It's like if you, years ago we used to go to Vrindavan in India when we were young and Prabhupada's mission. And there was one uh, uh, bazaar, one shopping area called Loi Bazaar. It was actually a, a cloth market. A merchant. You know, they had merchants would be like you have in the state, you have shoe stores, a bunch of shoe stores here, a bunch of clothing stores there. So there's a wool wool market. But, you know, in the market there were a couple of people who sold um, um, uh, deities and incense and things like that. So it was the closest market to where we were staying. So we would go to that market and we, we would buy whatever things we needed, you know, cloth and and, uh, and so forth. And so these were Americans and Europeans and, and these people in Loy Bazaar were starting to come, become wealthy. Hmm? And so they were quite happy with that. And, uh, and then the next thing you know, a picture of Prabhupada starts showing up in the shop, you know, and with a garland on and, you know, and all like that. So, so that Prabhupada's there. Hey, he loves Prabhupada. We'll go there and shop, you know. <laughs> and of course, they did like Prabhupada, but, but they also liked Prabhupada because hmm, if you like Prabhupada, then people will buy at your shop. Hmm? So this was a different way of liking Prabhupada than, than we liked Prabhupada. Hmm? But it worked for them. This is Varnashram. It works like this. Hmm? People like Vishnu in that way. Hmm? Bhagavatam says, self says, Dharma sunistita pumsa bishvaksena katasuya. Not parayat yadiratim srama evahi kevalam. It said that the execution of Varnashram, which does not give a taste for Hari Bhakti, is a waste of time. It's not saying if you exercise Varnashram so that you get a taste, then it's not a waste of time. It says, if you engage in Varnashram, comma, which doesn't give a taste for Hari, hmm, for Krishna, comma, you've wasted your time. You understand? It's saying you won't get a taste for Krishna Bhakti from doing Varnashram. Hmm? You'll get some kind of liking that some people say, see, there's Bhakti comes from Varnashram. Hmm? Not Uttam Bhakti, not the Bhakti of our lineage, not the Bhakti of of, of Vrindavan, not the Bhakti of Vaikuntha, hmm? not the Bhakti taught by Rupa Goswami. We call that Uttam Bhakti. Anabilashita sunyam gyan karmadi anabritam. Anukulena kristanu shilanam bhakti uttam. Bhakti uttam. Uttam means supreme, the full idea of Bhakti. Hmm? And this Anabilashita sunyam. It is devoid of other interests. It is not covered by the idea that if I do bhakti and I don't attend to karmic religious duties in that particular system that we're talking about, there'll be something missing. No, don't worry about that. Or we, we don't do bhakti to get gyan, to get mukti. No, bhakti for bhakti's own sake. Hmm? So, and... It consists of an ongoing culture of those things that are pleasing to Krishna and his different avatars and the guru. It's all concluded in Krishnanushilanam. So this is not what's happening in Varnashram. 
Therefore, Mahaprabhu says, this external. He rejects it. He says, say, say something more. It's external again because it's only, what's it talking about? It's talking about the things that we want based on our psychophysiological makeup, which is an identity that's false. Now you think about that. How can the things that you want, based on a false sense of self, how can pursuing them, how will that please Krishna? What has that got to do with Krishna almost? So it's like, so disconnected. What will he be interested in? As I said, only Vishnu is interested in a general way like, okay, well, at least they're happy. Like a father might say, well, at least they're happy. They're living in abundance. They're following the basic codes of religious life. They're not impious and so forth. And and so, something. But, hmm. does it interest Krishna, who is, who is uh, trying to get Radha's attention? Hmm. Whose friends are assisting him, trying to help him? To... to uh, 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 Get Radha to uh, allow him into the into the grove, and, and uh, uh, I mean, this is <laughs> what, what, what does Krishna have? To, therefore, Krishna says, "Chatuvarnamaya ashtam guna karma vibhagasa tasakartaram apimam vidyakartaram avayam." This system I created, Chatuvarnamaya shishtam. I'm the creator, the shishti system of this system, hmm? made up of Chatuvarnam. These divisions, but vidyakartaram avayam. But I am not involved in it. Akartaram, I'm the nandur avayam. Avayam, I'm everlasting. I'm the everlasting non-doer. I did this, but I'm not involved in it. Means it doesn't last forever. All the results that you get from Varnashram are temporary. Even if you perfect, per, per, as we said the other day, even if you do Varnashram perfectly for a hundred lifetimes, and there are a lot of rules in it, hmm, you will get the post of Brahma. Hmm? And the Gita Krishna says, from Brahma's planet down to the lowest, all of them are temporary. Everyone has to take birth again. But Punar... If you go to my planet, Golok, then you can stay forever. Hmm? That is a different thing altogether. So, Varnashram is external. Now, Ramananda has been asked to say something more. So, what does he say? We're going to go higher. Hmm? And, when, and again, before we move on, the Varnashram idea, while it's a, while it is a specific idea in a specific system, hmm, the general idea of it corresponds with the base level of orientation to a religious tradition. And what is the base level uh, orientation to a religious tradition? God, give me my daily bread. God, give me this. God, do that for me. Praise God, praise God. God is great. By praising God, we'll have a happy family. By praising God, uh, everything will work for us. Praise God, praise God. Put God's picture in our shop. 
Hmm? And people will buy from us. Isn't God great? I mean, this is the basic entry level, whether it be Islam or Christianity or uh, in the, uh, Jewish faith, um, Hinduism, uh, you even have it in Buddhism. That, you know, Nishrin Shoshu, Nam Yoho, Renge Kyo, give me mm, more, mm, make me go. Uh, <laughs> it's basically, at least it's presented like it, pray this and you'll get all your desires will be fulfilled and so forth. So this is the basic, this is, well, I want to take it out of the particular Hindu uh, context and speak this in general. This is something that pertains um, cross-culturally. It, it has its application with regard to religious orientation. And so you have to look and see how much of that's in you, so to speak. That's how much you're not situated to pursue Uttam Bhakti. Again, the pursuit of things that have nothing to do with you who are not a thing, hmm, is not something <laughs> that could be very pleasing to Krishna when he could give you himself. Hmm, when he could, I mean, so so if, if you're going to approach God, you might want to know what to ask for. Hmm, yeah. This is an education in that. So, we, we touched on this, but what, what Ramananda says next is, Mahaprabhu said, that's external. Hmm? Say He says, okay, then to do these ordained acts or karmic duties um, in accordance with your psychophysiological makeup in the Hindu system of Varnashram, without attachment to the results. You do the activity because it's supposed to be done. Hmm? And and then um, w- and I do it without the ambition to get something from it. Hmm? So this is like one in a million of people who will move from the general base level of religious orientation to this one. Hmm? In this type of orientation, what we will get from Varnashram, you're following the Varnashram, hmm? but you're executing the various duties, but you're not attached to the results. What you'll get is Gyan. You'll get knowledge from that. Hmm? Knowledge will help you to understand the difference between the body and the body-mind complex and yourself. Hmm? That's what we mean by knowledge here. Hmm? That kind of insight will start to come because that will bring some balance in your life. Because instead of being engaged in activities with the pursuit of material acquisition, that you may get by such pursuit, but that inevitably you will lose just by the nature of the acquisition. Hmm? You understand? You will get it and then it will lose it. You'll get a lot of money and you'll spend it. Hmm? And the things you got for it will get old and and so on. So, so, so 
in that pursuit, while there are highs of acquisition that make you feel like you've risen and become more, there are lows that correspond with them. Hmm? And as high as it gets is as low as it gets. So when we live our lives in pursuit of the highs of material acquisition, getting the things we want, and so forth, you're setting yourself up for hmm, the depression that comes from losing them. Hmm? You know, Kirsten says in the Gita that dukkha yonaivate, hmm, the, the, the womb from which suffering is born is attachment to things. Hmm? So, problem. Because you can't keep them, hmm? even if you get them, and so it's a setup for uh, for misery. Hmm? So, if a wise person starts to figure this out and thinks, and I like I did the current the Varna Ashram perfectly for this many lifetimes. I went to heaven. I lived there for ten million years, and here I am again, back on earth, still trying to figure out what to do and where. How to be happy, get a relationship, and and all and and so forth. And um, so, what am I doing here? Hmm? Um, therefore, there's this other orientation to Varnashram. It starts to go in another direction. Starts to move away from things, hmm? and to focus on consciousness that I am. Hmm? That's a little closer to God than things. God is consciousness. We are a unit of consciousness. So we're getting closer. But Mahaprabhu says, that is external. Say something more. Hmm? Ramananda Roy cites a verse from the Gita. Yat karoshi yarasnasi yat johoshi didasiyat. Hmm? Whatever you do, whatever you um, eat, offer, give away, whatever sacrifice or penance you perform, do it for me. Hmm? What this is speaking about is the Krishna Arpanam, uh, Krishna uh, Karmarpanam. Hmm? Krishna says, Krishna karma karma arpanam, doing the karma for Krishna, hmm? as an offering to Krishna. Now, in the particular verse that Ramananda cited, he goes a little further beyond nishkam karma yoga, because nishkam karma yoga, technically speaking, refers to what being within the varnashram system and doing the particular duties that are prescribed for your particular status within it hmm, without attachment to the results. Hmm. We're not in the Varnashram system. There's no Varnashram here in Costa Rica. Hmm. Um, we weren't born in the system. It's not in place. And it's deteriorating and disappearing in India, hmm, largely. But the fact that people have different psychologies that predispose them for different types of activities and propensities, that, does, that doesn't go away. Even if we change the environment to, uh, and give everybody an equal environment, still everyone will kind of level off in terms of where they're at and what they feel comfortable with and 
that will correspond with the, the nature of the combination of the gunas that their um, material self, their hunkar, is constituted of. Hmm? Um, the beauty of the Varnashram is supposed to be that it gives everyone an equal opportunity to hmm, ultimately transcend the Varnashram by like trying to make it sense to oneself, as I said, and finding out you know, why go after things. And then taking the second orientation, Sakama, now Nishkama. But here he extends the idea beyond Nishkama because why he says, Get Koroshi, whatever you do. So the point is that in the Varnashram, there are certain things that you have to do to get up in a certain way and and do the three sandhyam three times a day at the sandhyam at morning, noon, and night. You offer the prayers and uh, here's a million and one things to do hmm? um, in there. And so you do them all without being attached to the results. That is one way. Hmm? You do them without being attached to the results. That's very vague. You do them without being attached to the results. So instead, now, do them without being attached to the results and offer the results to Krishna. That's a little more specific. Hmm? Okay? But what about the other things that you do? Outside of the actions that are prescribed, that are to be done occasionally, hmm? nimitta karmas and nitya karmas, that are always to be done daily. The system is divided like that. What about the other things you do, like sleeping, eating? Hmm? How do you... Uh, so, to, to a more comprehensive karmarpanam, hmm? where you offer the karma, krishnekam, is everything you do, you offer to Krishna. Whatever you eat, sleeping, you offer... I sleep, I offer to Krishna. Hmm? I eat, I offer to Krishna. I drive, I offer my driving to Krishna. Hmm? So this is what Ramananda is, is, is citing. Hmm? Mahaprabhu rejects it. Hmm? It says it's external. Why? Well, think about it. Hmm? How can you offer your driving to Krishna? I'm not talking about being a devotee and driving to Liberia to pick up a devotee. That's bhakti. Hmm? Because you're, you're bringing a devotee to Daoji Gopal's lotus feet hmm, here in, 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 in the Dham on the order of the Guru and so that's a whole other thing but you're not in we're not talking about Uttam Bhakti Shuddha Bhakti here right we're talking about um, Nishkam Karma hmm? so you're living in the world you're a guy and a gal and, and you're, you, you, you're going to offer everything that you do to Krishna Okay, how do you offer your driving to Krishna? It's kind of vague. Say, Krishna, I offer you my driving. I'm driving, and I want us to think that this is uh, an offering to you, and and uh, I'm doing it because it's supposed to be done, or what? <laughs> it's it's quite vague. It's quite vague. Now you think about it like this. What I mean by this is, it has a it it, it it's a very vague. What is Krishna on the other end who you're offering it to? Hmm? You understand? We often point out that bhakti, love of Krishna, corresponds with Krishna. Radha's love, that she is the embodiment of, 
corresponds with that two-armed cowherd playing the flute, wearing the peacock feather, and so forth. Hmm? Her giving, you understand, which is her love, has a corresponding object. Hmm? Her giving, in, in, in Radha's love, we find Krishna. Hmm? Okay, now you're going to make, offer your driving and your sleeping to Krishna. Hmm? What kind of Krishna are we going to find in there that corresponds with that? You might have the picture of Krishna, and you like this, I offer to Krishna. But you see, the act itself really doesn't correspond with Prajendranandan and Krishna. It has nothing to do with him, practically. Do you follow? It's not like chanting his name that has something to do with him. Offering, you know, the, the prepared food in certain ways, and to, 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 as, as opposed as supposed to be done in archan to Krishna, offering incense to Krishna. That has your start, your concept of Krishna starts to become more specific, hmm? not vague. Hmm? So therefore, this nishkam karma, although it says we offer to Krishna, it's very vague. The, the kind of the, the idea, the conception of Krishna that corresponds with it, really lacks specificity. Hmm? And so you may think, Krishna, and he's the universe, and I offer my driving to the universe. Hmm? And Krishna is the universe. It's not untrue. Hmm? It's the body of God in one sense. Hmm? That is going to give you a very different result, you understand, than what, than chanting Hare Krishna, for example, hmm? with proper... Someone again, proper conceptual orientations to what that is and so forth. Very different result. Therefore, Mahaprabhu says, that's external. Hmm? I reject that. I'm not interested in that. Say something more. Hmm? And it sounds good, doesn't it? Offer everything you do to Krishna. All Everything you do, whatever, everything offered to him. Hmm? It's an interesting concept, but it's not, it's external. Hmm? And it's what is it? What are the things that you're doing? They're the things that you want to do, things that you have attachment for, but you're offering them to Krishna and doing. You still like doing the things. Hmm? Willing to give up the result in some way, and it's just like, how do you do that? Really, it's rather kind of, kind of vague. Hmm? And so again, the object that it corresponds with that you're offering to is very vague. Krishna's really in the distance here. Hmm? Hmm? So Mahaprabhu says, this is external. So then, he says, now, say something more. Something more than nishkam karma. Something more than this yad karoshi krishna karmarpanam. Hmm? So what does he say? He says, well, if the karma means either these prescribed duties or any of our activities, karma means in one sense, these prescribed duties in this system, but it also means any activities we perform that are based on the conception of our self that is uh, constituted of the, of the gunas, sattva, rajas, tamas, this material false kind of identity, false material ego. Hmm? So Ramananda says, well, then... If all this karma, even if, there, if it's performed without attachment to the results, is external, then let's give it up. Give up the karma. That sounds internal. We'll give up the karma. Hmm? So he says, 
प्रभु कहे एहो भाई आगे कहा महापुरुषल रॉय कहे सर्वधर्म त्याग ऐसा जैसा त्याग गिविंग अप स्वधर्म गिविंग अप द मॉर्न आश्रम गिविंग अप द ड्यूटीज फॉरगेटिंग अबाउट हम गिविंग अप बिकमिंग रिनाउंस्ड there's two things here there's three bhakti really but so far action knowledge the pursuit of things which is ignorance and attachment suffering and then the pursuit of knowledge which moves in the direction of freeing us from suffering because it frees us from attachment which is ignorance to things so we have things we have action and we have knowledge the more knowledge you have the less actions you do the high just on a, even on a very basic level the higher your education the less you have to work and the more money you will make hmm? you may work hard at what you do but it's not hard labor hmm? if you get a phd you don't have to come here and you know dig like one does which is his swadharma hmm? which he's comfortable with grace of god i have work as he always says he's happy with that hmm? um so the more n- knowledge we have like some people they have knowledge economically and all they do is play with money and make you know play with money and make money hmm? um so it's a crude example but more knowledge less action hmm? less sweat let us say hmm? you're working with the brain hmm? with the head hmm? rather than with the brawn hmm? and that can be more powerful hmm? the white collar criminal is much more dangerous than the blue collar criminal hmm? the white collar the blue collar criminal can come in and steal something from you at night but the white collar guy can take your whole identity hmm? clean out your whole bank account and you owe money hmm. so so ramananda says well swadharma tag so give up the the action but of course how do you give up the action you don't just get knowledge hmm right so that's a little little dangerous therefore the system would be that you do the nishkam karma until knowledge starts to come and as it comes then you can appropriately move away from the varnashram altogether you can sit as a sanyasi and meditate be a contemplative you're now above the system of karma you're arguably not generating any more you're burning up the karma that's due that hasn't manifested yet and you're waiting for the karma that's manifested in the form of your body and psychology to play itself out hmm going in that direction so he cites two verses to support the idea of swadharma tyag one from bhagavatam and a famous verse from the gita from the bhagavatam he says that 11th canto of course 11th canto this is reference from Uddhava Gita 
Uddhava Gita in Bhagavatam corresponds with very much with Bhagavad Gita and from Mahabharata. Krishna speaking Uddhava Gita to Uddhava and Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna. Arjuna was a warrior and Uddhava was a Brahmin. So spoke a little differently, but they're very have an very, very uh, nice um, correspondence. So these are two corresponding verses. Uh, from from Bhagavatam. Occupational duties, that means the karma in the Varnashram system, uh, which are described in, in the Varnashram system, are such that if one analyzes them carefully, this is what I was talking about earlier, if you think about it, now I just went to heaven for a million years, now I'm here. Mm-hmm. You might not remember that you went to heaven, but you can read from the scriptures, if you analyze, you think, hmm, if I do this really right, I'll go to heaven. I'll be there for 10 million years. But after that's over, I'll be back here again. Hmm. This means analyzing it, thinking about it. Hmm? It was all about action, but now you're starting to think about the action. You had to think how to do the action by following the scripture carefully. So you get a habit for thinking about it. The more you think about it, Hmm, you think, why am I doing this? This is the basic idea. So he says, these occupational duties, if one analyzes them carefully, Krishna says to Uddhava, he, one can understand their qualities and their faults and give them up. Hmm? What will be the results, good and bad, from that? And, 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 and the conclusion will be, give this up. This is foolishness. I'm trying to go up a down escalator. I'm not getting anywhere. I go up, I go down, I go up, I go down. I keep dying, taking birth, dying, taking birth. Each time i got to figure it all out again. It's like complicated and difficult. Mm-hmm. So one who understands the faults and quality gives them up. Mm-hmm. And gives them up and decides to do bhakti to Krishna. Mm-hmm. Bhagavatam says, this is, this is, this person is a first class person. Sounds good. Right? The corresponding verse from the Gita, perhaps the most famous verse of the Gita. Sarva dharman pritya maam ekam sharanam braja. Om tvam sarva papidu moksha ishami masucha. Krishna says, give up all kinds of karma. Prescribed actions in the in the in the in the varnashram, mm-hmm. sarva dharman, put it that job, and take shelter of me. Mm-hmm. I will protect you from anything that ordinarily would have uh, affected you adversely for having foregone the, the karmic duties. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. That's what Krishna says. Because you might worry if I pull out. These are prescribed duties for one in that system. And what will become of me? There are bad reactions if you don't do the things that you're supposed to do. So don't worry. I'll cover for you. Hmm? Mahaprabhu says, that's external. Say something more. Hmm? What is the problem with this? Hmm? Of course, now, what Krishnadas is doing here, of course, is taking us up this ladder and he's citing different verses. He cited from Vishnu Purana, He's citing from the Bhagavatam. He's citing from the Gita. Hmm. Krishnadas is 
speaking, citing verses from the Gita, before there was a, um, at least today, known commentary on the Bhagavad Gita from the Gaudiya Vaishnava perspective. The first commentary on the Bhagavad Gita in our lineage comes from Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur, who was, what, a couple hundred years after uh, maybe Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm? at least a hundred years, or more than a hundred years. Hmm? Even Chaitanya Charitamrita is coming maybe 60, 50, 70, 80 years after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance. Hmm? So he's speaking some extent on the way the Gita may have been largely looked at hmm, by the dominant um, religious groups of the time um, and particularly like the Advaitins look at this verse of the Gita. Sarvadharma Prityaja means sannyas. Sannyas is an anga of jnan, a limb of the jnan mark. It's not a limb of the bhakti mark. Hmm? Um, so, amongst the Advaitins and the Smartas, the Smartas is the Varnashram sector of the Advaitins and the Sannyasis, then the mystical, renounced section. They, they transcend it. They have knowledge, wisdom, inner, inner insight about the nature of the self, as if it were matter, so they give up. They transcend the karma, and they don't have a draw for that karmic activity, so they're, they're safe, kind of. At least they think they are, they hope they are. And they're foregoing the material desires and trying to dissolve them hmm, by their their practice. Hmm. And they are, if it's done right, they are considerably dissolved by the niskam karma that, that helped them to go in that direction. So, Sometimes this verse is translated about, more about being about sannyas and dharma tag, giving up the dharma marg, coming to the jnana marg. That's how Shankar would interpret it. Come to the jnana marg. Hmm? Surrender to Krishna, who is the unborn within you. you know, that kind of take that Prabhupada didn't appreciate so much, <laughs> or at all. Um, that's um, one way of looking at this and saying, oh, that makes, then I can see why he's saying that. Yeah, that's short of what Gaudi Vaishnavism is about, what Mahaprabhu came to distribute and so forth. But also, even in a general sense, again, if you give up the Dharma, Marg, hmm, because of Gyan, and you take shelter of Krishna, what does it mean to take shelter of Krishna? It's kind of vague. Krishna hmm? says, take shelter of me. So it can be interpreted in a gyan kind of context. Hmm? Or, if that shelter of Krishna that you take constitutes bhakti, like the Bhagavatam verse is saying, hmm? what kind of bhakti then? There are different kinds of bhakti. What kind of bhakti? And arguably, if you come from karma marg to jnana marg as a sannyasin, and you're going to do bhakti, what kind of bhakti will you do? Hmm? We will do bhakti mixed with jnana. Hmm? 
ज्ञान मिश्र भक्ति नॉट शुद्ध भक्ति नॉट प्योर भक्ति बट भक्ति फॉर मुक्ति सो दिस इज वेयर इट्स लीडिंग सो महाप्रभु सेस दैट्स एक्सटर्नल टू इन वन सेंस जस्ट गिविंग अप द कर्मा what does it have to do with with the soul it may uncover the soul from ignorance hmm? situate the uh, one oneself in gyan but gyan is sattvic it's not liberation hmm? it's sattvic you can know the difference between the body and the soul experientially but that doesn't mean you're liberated it doesn't mean you've entered into brahman or vaikuntha that's still another step hmm? so if you give up the dharma it's a, it has a negative context bhakti is what are we going to do for krishna what will play, what will what will bring krishna into your life so to speak what will turn him towards you and pay attention to you be interested in you just giving up the dharma Hmm? It should be given up, hmm? but no, of course, there's something more bhakti. So, just he says, so okay, if karma's not working, either pursuing the karmic fruits or not pursuing them and offering them in a vague way, then let's give up the dharma or the dharma. Hmm? Come to knowledge. He says, it's also external, but we're doing it to do bhakti. But what kind of bhakti? Hmm? Now, of course, we can interpret the verse differently with a Gaudiya commentary and get really appreciate this verse of the Gita. Mm-hmm. But he's using it in a particular way, in a way that it's often used, Krishnadas Kaviraj, mm-hmm. to be a verse about, uh, arguably about Gyan, and in the context of that, some surrender in a vague sense, and then some bhakti that corresponds with Gyan. So he says, Mahaprabhu says more, and Krishna says Brahma Bhuta Prasannatma Na Sochate Nakangsati Samasaveshu Bhuteshu Mad Bhaktim Labhate Param. He says, All right, then do bhakti. This hmm? verse says, knowing the difference between yourself and matter. Hmm? Brahma Bhuta hmm? Prasannatma, you will become happy because you will taste the bliss of the self, hmm? the ananda of the self. And experiencing that, you will be happy like you've never been before. Hmm? You'll have nothing, no, lament for nothing, no hankering for anything, which is a material life. We hanker for something, then we lament when it's gone. It'll be gone. This is gyan. You'll see everybody equally. You'll know I'm a soul, I'm an atma, I'm not the body, and because you know you are, you'll know everybody else is too. Hmm? Sounds pretty neat, huh? And you see everybody equally. So how will you act? How will you interact and so forth? Very different than a person who thinks they're the body. Hmm? And will you? what will you do at all? Will you interact with sense objects? to get pleasure from them when you're getting the pleasure of the atma that's unlimited in comparison to the to the happiness of material attachment and things that really looking closely at is suffering 
You understand? Because they can't. You can't keep them. That's a recipe for misery. Huh? So Gita says, "Brahma Bhuta Prasanna Atmana Sochitina Kakshit Samasarveshu Bhuteshu Mad Bhaktim Labate Param." Krishna says, "There are persons they come to this knowledge hmm? of the difference between the body and the self. They're experiencing it. Hmm? They have these characteristics, and having attained that, they further attain me. They they further, excuse me, attain bhakti." Hmm? Madbhaktim labhate param. They they attain transcendental bhakti. Hmm? This sounds like a good idea, right? Hmm? Mahaprabhu will say that is external, hmm? and we'll explain why in our next meeting. Any question? What's the time? Yeah. A lot to think about, yeah. Well, when you speak like this, it's, uh, you, you have this one desire, you have this surrender completely, and everything. Why is it so difficult? Why is it so difficult? You're doing it, you're living here, that's what you're supposed to be doing. You just want to do it more, right? More qualitatively. So that's why we have these talks, so you'll be more inspired to. Just surrender to Krishna. Just to, and we have to see what is Shuddha Bhakti. Hmm? It's difficult. It takes means it takes some time to get the full result. But it's not difficult to chant Hare Krishna. It's not difficult to take prasadam. Is it difficult to cook? No. no. Oh, that's. Uh, yeah, well, you see, what uh, what you're doing is you're building a real ego. You're building a spiritual ego inside. Hmm? Uh, the real ego is it's going away. Hmm? You're too close to it, so you cannot see. Hmm? You're too close to it. If someone steps back, you say, oh, it's going away. Looking good. <laughs> Very pretty, hmm? but we're very, very close to it. So, what would be an example? I know there's a good one, uh, but if you're you're too close to something, you cannot see how how it's um, we used to live in a house as devotees in St. Louis. It was on a block that was being demolished. Sometimes. Krishna keeps his devotees poor. <laughs> we were the next house on the block to be demolished. We were carrying on like it was eternal, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in there. But people who had a little view from a distance, they knew this place is going down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. It's just a matter, you know, a couple more, you know, months and a couple more laws in place and it's going to be demolished and so forth. Mm-hmm. Some, not the best example, but it's, yeah. so, we're so close to it and we can't always see it but but habits formed in youth are difficult you know to overcome so we've been habituated materially for eons and eons so now this opportunity comes therefore keep good associations you can you know you can just getting the right orientation you see that samandagyan is so useful hmm? 
think about it properly, then when you come out of this whole conversation, then you perform your devotional activities with a whole different or better understanding of, of what, it, what bhakti means. Then, it won't, then you will get results more readily. One of the big problems in the community is people don't understand what bhakti is. So they're not even do, doing it or half doing it or doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And my guru Maharaj came and just kind of like try to give it everywhere, you know. Like, but then you got to come along and well, get it right here and straighten it out. And mm-hmm. as the first installment, just like throw it out there everywhere. Mm-hmm. Then someone has to come and help understand what it is further and what it's not. And, mm, that's understandable. Very, especially his campaign was so broad and wide. And mm. Yes? Um, you mentioned giving up your dharma and I don't completely understand that. Maybe it was connected to something. Yeah. No, no. Well, there's, there's different um, levels of dharma. Mm. So, in the we have a dharma according to our um, material ego, hmm? and um, that—it's um, a swabhava nature, hmm? so to speak. But it's—it's—it's it's, it's temporary itself. Hmm? So that should be given up. But then we have. Another dharma. We have a dharma. Jivera swarupoi Krishna nityadas. The 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 the, the, the swarup. This is in a general sense. The nature means it means the dharma of the atma is to serve Krishna. It's a very general statement, but it's it's important. So that's another thing. That we shouldn't give up. But the illusory kind of limited temporary dharma. Hmm. People, hmm, yeah, that that should be transcended. Anything else? Yes. Yeah, the verse "Get Kuruji See, this one is very abstract. You know, uh, you know, whatever you do, whatever you eat. So there in the Gita, the I think the verse before is is it made as a contrast? Because the verse before, I believe, is the Patram Pushpan Param. Yeah, that is Shuddha Bhakti. Yeah. Hmm. And there you see. What's given is practically nothing, hmm? but the whole heart has to be given. You can give water, flower, fruit, but what Krishna is really asking twice. He says it in the verse: "Patram pushpam palam toyom yome bhakti prayatiti tadham bhakti paritam ashnami prayatatmana." Twice he says, "With devotion, give me fruit, a flower, a leaf, water. It's nothing. Hmm? You have to have water just to live. Hmm? Offer me some water with love. I will drink it." Offer me flower with love. I will eat the flower. Hmm? That is Shuddha Bhakti. This is this yeah, this is a contrast contrast to that. Hmm? And of course, we haven't got to it, but in one sense, the difference between what's been talked about in um, Karmarpanam, hmm? Krishna Karmarpanam, giving giving the doing your activities as, as, as an offering to Krishna. Hmm? And bhakti is that the, the first one constitutes doing the things that you are into and offering them to Krishna. And in bhakti, we offer ourself 
to Krishna. It's a big difference if I say, I'm going to do something and I'm going to give you the, the, the fruits. I'm going to go out and work today and whatever I earn, I'm going to give to you. After I'm done, I'm going to give you my paycheck. Oh, that's nice. Another guy comes and says, I'm your slave. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. That's bhakti. <laughs> so it's not about the karmic duties. It's whatever Krishna wants in any given circumstance, and I'm signed on, and I don't give my, I don't give anything to Krishna because there's no sense of no no, no sense of I and you. I'm giving you something that I have. I have nothing. <laughs> I have nothing. I belong to Krishna. If he wants me to eat, I'll eat. If he doesn't feed me, I won't eat. This is Sharanagati. Hmm? You understand? When you think, I'll give something to Krishna, right there. Where, where's the bhakti? You're supposed to give yourself to Krishna and then do things in the context of that that are pleasing to Krishna. Hmm? In Karmapanam, we give things to Krishna that we do. In bhakti, we give ourselves to Krishna. And then we do the things that are pleasing to Krishna. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu Smaranam. It can be done as a monastic, it can be done as a householder too. In a house, house, that's the generosity and the power of bhakti. In a householder life, we understand that I have a certain emotional, psychological makeup that, 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 that makes me feel that without a family, I can't feel whole. So, lacking, therefore, uh, I will enter into that and then I will um, uh, do that very nicely hmm? because I understand I need that to feel whole that I may just do Krishna's service. Hmm? So, that is all becomes connected with bhakti. Hmm? Bhakti has that power to connect that. The very thing that would be the cause of bondage, which makes the world go round. Hmm? You can make lemonade out of the lemons, something like that. Hmm? So, in other words, you you can't be a family person and do really, according to the Yoga Sutra, Astanga Yoga, because it calls for brahmacharya as one of the angas, one of the limbs, one of the yama yam. So that's out. That's out. <laughs> And Gyan Marg also, which is even more abstract, way more abstract than the, than the Yoga Marg, requires Brahmacharya. So, mm-hmm. because those things are world, you know, the the the, the, the relationship between the, the sexes is making the world go round. Mm-hmm. So you want to stop the world, stop samsara. You want to get off, so stop fueling it, right? But bhakti, you see, is very powerful, very generous. It can turn even that which would. Have perpetuates the world into something that perpetuates transcending the world. Hmm? But to be a good householder, that's, you know, an art, hmm? just like it is to be a monastic. Hmm? So we, we sign on, that I, I, I am, we are a pair, and we are the servants of our guru, and what's more important to each of us is pleasing our guru, hmm? So we're on the same page. We can, you know, that, that's the end of all arguments there. Hmm? All right. <laughs> Final. 
you know, well, whatever the guru wants, that will be best. So, okay, no, end, end of arguments. And then, uh, and then, uh, of course, then we, of course, in that situation, we're going to need some livelihood, so we're going to need to do some things, and we're going to need some recreation too, just like monks need a little recreation, not much, but something. Hmm? Uh, so you know you, you, you have to be you have to be honest about that you do and then and then and then, and then above and beyond what you need for a reasonable lifestyle from which you can earnestly and enthusiastically engage in bhakti in terms of for example let's say income then you give that to the mission for for um of seva guru seva Krishna Seva, and so forth. Then, then the, the whole you have this relationship between the monastics and the and the community of householders that everybody's on the same page, so to speak. Just doing it a little bit, bit differently, and we need all the parts. Hmm? So, it's not that a householder can't be a a, a Sharanagata. Hmm? Something like that. It's a general idea. So, Sriman Ramananda Roy ki jai, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ki jai, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita ki jai, Sri Siddhartha Gopal ki jai, Guru Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Brinda ki jai, Gaur Premanandi.